in like six weeks. Welcome to the podcast. Everybody has a podcast. Yeah, it's no big deal. It's <laughs> You have a new podcast. I do have a new podcast. Eric has a new podcast. We're going to tell you about that. But first, I'm going to tell you about this episode 174. We're going to give you some more. This is a little bit of a tradition here on the podcast, because even though we only have 174 episodes, we've been doing this podcast for seven years, six years. I think 17. 2017 is when it started. That's a good six years. La Llorona. I'm trying to learn a Mexican folk song, La Llorona. So if I break... On break the air right now. So you're witnessing her <laughs> learning in real time. Flores Llorona. Okay, so one thing that we have done over the years when we do the podcast is when it's our anniversary, we like to come in and say, we're so smart. Look at all the things we learned from being married. And that's what we're going to do in this episode. So we're calling this 15 observations from 15 years of marriage because this was a humdinger of an anniversary. 15. Is humdinger a positive connotation? I don't know. What do you mean by that? I thought it was great. Humdinger, I just mean like a big deal. Oh, it is a big deal. Yes. Yeah, I okay. think you can say it's a humdinger, like it's a little bit of an issue, but I'm meaning it like, whoa, look yeah, at this 15, one. Yeah, 15, that is a landmark. It is. And it's the first time. I remember when we had our 10-year anniversary. Not really, actually. I don't remember that. Yeah. I'm sure we did something cool. I'm sure. <laughs> I bet it's on the podcast somewhere. I'm sure it was pretty sweet. So this is how we did this episode. We thought it would be fun and exciting for all parties involved. I'm going to share seven observations of just being in this marriage for 15 years. And Eric's going to share seven observations. And then we're going to come together for one final master observation so that we hit 15 to emulate our 15 glorious years of wedded bliss. But before we get into those, because they're really good. I don't know what Eric's are, but I know mine are really good. Eric, you started a podcast. I did. Another podcast. I did. And maybe that's a little bit, tiny bit, the reason why there hasn't been a podcast in a minute is you were pretty single focused on getting that up and out. You're working with a company and it's a big deal. Tell yeah. the people because they love you. They want to learn about you. Okay. So last fall, I had this inspiration, this idea to start a podcast. What's even crazier is the name came to me right then, right that second. And uh, the last couple of years have been very difficult in my life and probably the hardest in my life, but also the most beautiful in my life because of growth and introspection and all the stuff that comes with the uh, hard things. Anyway, I started a podcast called The Men Who Love God. The Men Who Love God. And it's... Twofold. The mission is twofold. It's to help men feel less alone in their struggles and then to showcase men living hard, beautiful, tragic, wonderful lives who are living with God in their life. And it's a very important topic to me. And I really just want to help other guys feel less alone and have ideas on how to connect with God and others and just have a better it's life. It's not religious specific. It's not specific. I am Christian, so I bring that in what I'm talking about, but it won't it won't just be the intention that. is to have people from lots of different yeah. disciplines. I mean, I believe faith. yes, I believe God speaks to with his, different interpretations of God. Exactly, right? God speaks to all His children and their culture and their languages, and that's the idea. So, I just launched that this week. There's Yay! Three ep Woo! three episodes came out. Another one's coming out today. Oh, that's exciting! And I'm 
it's just such, it's so fulfilling. It's so like nerve wracking to put yourself out there, especially when I do not like being this. Okay, of listen, Eric is getting so nervous talking about the podcast and he has to, he does an introduction where he talks about himself and he's just like telling me how vulnerable it is. And how hard it is. And there's part of me, of course, that is really empathetic. I'm like, absolutely. But there's a bigger part of me that is, is it hard for you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because I feel like I've not been appreciated with what I do. <laughs> I'm really mature. Yeah. But yeah. no, it's exciting because you've had a front row seat to with me doing a lot of the things that you are taking creative control over now. Yeah. And you do have a completely different understanding of... I don't know, just of what it, yeah, it's not putting my, yourself out. In it's not my nature. Way. It's not my nature to be front and center. I don't. Yeah. I don't really enjoy it. I like being like the supporting role, the producer. So this is it definitely puts me out of my comfort zone. But when you go out of your comfort zone, you grow and new things open up, and you just realize how great and beautiful life can be. I'll link to that in the show notes. We've already got a really good interviews and episodes out, and I'm just really super proud of the content. And I really I think like it can help people. Every person listening, if the content isn't maybe speaking to you directly, you can probably think of somebody who might really like it. If you would share that with somebody that we would appreciate that so much. And if you share that, I'm going to make a, I actually have a lot of really good ideas and directions and just fun things that I want to do for this podcast. So I'm recommitted to doing that. Eric's got his systems in place now, but I'm so excited for you, babe. The art is beautiful. The interviews are beautiful. And I know you're going to help a lot of people. So good job. Thank you. Yay! Okay, so now we'll hop into our 15 observations. Do you want to take turns? No, I think that... Really? I think it's... I don't know. Do you want to take turns, do you think? I think it's better if we just lay them out. It goes... It's, like, more cohesive. Okay. In, yeah. Why I don't you go first, then? You want me to go first? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, number one. These are... So, we're doing each seven observations. We're each doing seven, and then we're going to come together and do a final one and discuss the, So, we don't know what the other person yeah. has put down, so there might be some repeats. Okay. In 15 years, I've learned that there's seasons, mm-hmm. specifically that all things pass. The hard parts pass. The highs pass. And I've learned to not get stuck and make decisions based upon a season. You know what I'm saying? Drastic decisions yeah. based upon a season. And I think sometimes it can be very hard to acknowledge or realize you're in a season because especially when it's a difficult season, it starts to feel like that is everything and life will always be that way. Yes. So it is, however, I can remind myself just remembering everything is a season. It's so funny because Eric is facing me right now and for years and years he's been facing the computer, so I'm used to talking to the back of your head, but because of your new series, mm. room is set up in a different way. Oh yeah, that's another thing. My podcast is filmed in my studio. Yes. So it's on YouTube in the show notes. You can go see, consume it however you want. You get to see me in person. In the studio, but it's a trip to, for me because I'm talking to you face to face and I'm just like still only getting used to doing it for the podcast. Yeah. It's really uncomfortable. <laughs> I like looking deep into your eyes. So. Thank you. Okay, number two is I've observe that forgiveness is the key to grow together because it just unblocks the roadblocks in yourself. And if you can forgive your spouse quickly, I mean, it's just, it just makes everything so much flow so much better and smoother. And I really know and try to forgive everything quickly. I love that. 
Thanks for forgiving me. I know there's hardly anything to I know, forgive. Yeah. That one time friend. I had to forgive you. I know, yeah. it must have been hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number three. This is something I would never have guessed, but fighting can clear the air and make things mm, better. I think that's definitely an observation or a lesson that you and I have gained in the later years. Yes. We didn't really fight a no, ton. We used to avoid it and take pride that we'd never fought. But yeah. every time I... And I want to... I want to say that fighting properly, not where you're tearing each other down, but it's okay to get heated and really put your foot down for a minute and really express, you know? And I think that it's all great in theory to say fighting fair and fighting properly, but sometimes in the heat of the moment, you can say snotty things or pitch a fit. And that's why I think your forgiveness point is also great that those two are together. Those two are hand in hand. (laughs) Okay. Number four kind of goes with this, but Winning arguments and being right is actually losing. Yeah, I think that's really good. I love that. And I don't want to steal any thunder, but like I would say that winning is understanding. So if you're having a conversation about something that you think differently about or you're agreeing like to different things, mm-hmm. you're saying it, it's not winning to to what? Read your one again. A winning argument slash being, being right yeah, is actually losing. Winning is actually, I think when you get a better understanding of maybe the person's experience or their perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I I totally agree. Number five, bad communication makes everything else crappy. (laughs) Like seriously, it's it's, it's like bad communication is a wet blanket. Yeah. And I'm learning this more and more in in the last couple of years that when I get in my head and it's not because you're doing anything wrong, if I'm in my head for something, my communication gets really crappy and it's not intentional but what happens is you feel isolated, and then when you feel isolated, you're not communicating with me, and then it's just like this weird thing. A big part of that is that I've gotten to a place where part of that conflict avoidance, or we're both really accountable people, but we can become hyper-accountable, mm-hmm. where if Eric is being moody or not communicating with me, I would, in the past, make it my problem. I must have done something. I can fix it. So then it's my problem to solve. It's my problem to change. And since I am more secure in my reality and not just trying to defer to his reality, I'm better able to say, you've been withdrawn. You're not speaking to me. I'm interpreting it this way. I don't think you mean it that way. And so I've become a clearer communicator because I'm more clear with what's actually going on and what's interesting is it seems like oh the elevated the high self thing to do would be just to take complete ownership and solve the problem within yourself but I love specifically when it comes to communication that it's yeah it is like a wet blanket it just it crushes everything it does if, if you're not able to communicate and it can take years and years to get to know yourself yeah I'm so like, that you can communicate yeah I feel like in the last even year, yeah, couple of years, this has been, and I'm definitely not perfect, but it's now I'm now I'm realizing how it just makes everything else so bad. And it also is really helpful because when I come to you, and I feel like we've gotten to a place where we can communicate about it with respect and distance, so it doesn't maybe feel like a personal attack. And you've done a really good job at listening. I think that if I had said that to you in the past, you would have dismissed it. You would have just been like, she's interpreting it. That's not my problem. 
And now you're listening to what I'm saying. And I think it's two parts. You're more open to listening and I'm more able to communicate it in a way that is easier to hear. I love that. These are so good. These are very different than mine. That's number six. The observation is supporting each other in hobbies, endeavors, trips, friends, makes life so much more fun and rewarding and makes me like my spouse more. I love that. This is one thing I think we do a great job at. We're so good. And I've seen my friends or other people where they spouses don't support oh, that that'll cost or oh that you're not spending that time with me but when we celebrate and encourage like you going to art class and me doing my stuff with my friends or going on a trip like supporting these hobbies and things life gets so much more fun and then you're like you know who helped facilitate this my awesome wife she told me to go on this trip and then i'm yeah. like my wife is awesome Thank you. And you do such a great job. So I was going to Washington, D.C. for a conference, and then I stayed for the conference. It wasn't absolutely necessary that I stay all of those days. It was a long time away from home, and it was such a good perspective shift for me. It gave me so many ideas. I was so appreciated. And Eric is actually going to go out of town. He's going to go to this really cool conference he's really excited about, and it's not business-related at all. And that was hard for you. Yeah, I felt, oh, I shouldn't do this. But you're like, no, go. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm going. And I'm going to have so much fun. And knowing knowing that you're not back home resenting me does two things. Makes the trip so fun, I can focus on having fun. And then I'm like, my wife is rad. And then I get, everybody gets to hear about how rad I am, which is always my intention. All right, that was uh, supporting each other in hobbies. I love that. Number seven is, since this is, you can listen with kids, the mommy and daddy time gets a lot better. It just gets better. (laughs) It does. Yeah. I like that for us. Okay. Yeah. I like was that number seven? That's number seven. Mommy and daddy time. Alone time. (laughs) Okay. So for my seven observations, my first one is everybody gets to change, but just focus on yourself. So my observation for that is everybody gets to change. And why I use the word get to is because sometimes it's hard to allow our partner to change. And then other times it's a lot easier to focus on all the ways we think our partner needs to change to make us happy. But what I have always found is that when you are focused on the change and the growth within yourself that you need to make and you don't try to put it on your partner, but you're very open and supportive of them. There's things that I would have tried to force on you earlier, feel this way about it do it this way and that just doesn't work but then years later you come to it on your own in a different way and it's and vice versa I think we've Mm -hmm. both had that experience with each other and so it's two parts where it's like we're if we stayed the same we wouldn't want to be in the relationship that would be boring yes and I'm not interested in that so I have to give and receive the change and then just not making the change about you. Not making the change about your partner, but yeah. making it about yourself. Um, number two, this is a huge one that I've had an observation of in the last year specifically. And this has to do with friendships, partnerships, marriage, all relationships. You don't need to think the same about things. 
You don't have to believe the same things. You don't have to vote. This is what I believe, and I'm going to sit on a soapbox for a minute. You don't have to vote for the same politicians. You don't have to think the same things about religion. Eric and I feel very differently about even maybe the nature of God or specific item points in Christianity. We feel very differently. However, we do have core values that align. And I think what has happened is we've gotten into this place as a society, as a culture where it's like, if my husband doesn't understand the patriarchy, the way that I understand the patriarchy, if he doesn't agree with me that he has to vote this way and this way to make the need to change, F him, forget him, leave him behind. Dude, dude, his experience, first off, he's a man, most likely, if you're mad about your husband and the patriarchy, okay? (laughs) They're all behind, And I say that with love. They're all behind. Eric can smugly think I'm full of it. And I don't even care because his experience does not lend to my experience. So do you really want to go to rooms where every single person in the room thinks the exact same about politics and religion and spirituality and life as you? What is the point of that existence? What is the point of that homogenous existence? We have been practicing and preaching and looking into the importance of diversity and modeling diversity, showing people there's different Disney princesses than just the white blonde one. There's different leading ladies than just like the typical heterosexual normative. This is the same, I believe, in our representations of our friends and our relationships. And I am seeing so many people's relationships fall apart because they think in order to be a good person, they have to interpret things the same way. I've thought about this a lot because sometimes I'm like, he believes this and I don't believe that. And I don't like that he doesn't think the same thing that I think. But when we go deeper and we look at it with, a, with more compassion and a little more distance, you and I will always land on the same core values where it's like we respect people's autonomy. We respect people's divinity, their individual worth, and maybe the ways that manifest in the way that we speak about politics or religion or music or movies or anything differs But at the end of the day, I respect your core values and you respect my core values and they align. Now, that could be really hard if you're in a position where the core values just are completely different. But time and time again, I find that if you peel back enough layers, if there's enough healing, if there's enough forgiveness and compassion, you guys can find places to land together. And so allowing the other person to express their experience and their understanding of things is part of allowing somebody to just be themselves. And I think so many of us are getting so hyper-focused in being able to like have all these line items match up that we agree perfectly on. And they just look at their partner. I was listening to this astrology podcast and this woman said that her partner had been physically abusive to her, how they were working through that. And then the woman also mentioned that the partner wasn't super P, like PR, PC. I was like PR, PR, PC, or maybe didn't vote for the same people she voted for. And the podcaster had a harder time accepting and being okay with the fact that he maybe wasn't as PC That was harder for her. They spent more time focusing on that than he had been physically abusive to her. I understand how both can be really serious. And I understand that there is 
healing and hope in both circumstances. It just was pretty shocking to me to be like pulled back and just notice we're like we're more like we're more concerned about that than this woman's physical safety. Yes. Well, here's the thing. If you listen to the podcast, it's great, but pulled back. If you get into the nuances, I'm sure you could say well, that's not exactly what she meant. But just in terms of like time and attention and her having a hard time moving to the next subject, it was easier for her to be like, okay, fit sometimes physical things in a relationship than it was to say he's not PC sometimes. Both of them, bigotry, racism, or whatever she was alluding to, and physical abuse are both results of unresolved and unhealed trauma. They're both results of somebody having unhealed things within themselves. And so not to rank them or weight them, but I feel so passionate about this because I feel like it's really killing a lot of relationships. I just, I personally don't think that it's realistic or even healthy to think that Eric and I are going to feel the same about everything. Because we just don't. I have a different experience than him. The way that I process emotions, that my feelings, like all of it is very different than Eric's. And so we don't land on the same exact page when it comes to all of the big scary topics. <laughs> but we share those values. And also I know that he really respects me and believes that I have good and love intentions like in my heart that those are my north star guiding posts and i believe that for you do you have anything to add yeah i do if you pull back and think about why it's so hard if someone doesn't agree with you all the time i think that it may be that it's your ego they're not agreeing with and hear me out not all the time but like when you attach yourself to an ideology or something you're usually identifying with something yes that's okay this is me this is part of me this is me your true self is a beautiful eternal open fluid effervescent yes you were this divine spark of creation and that is your true self when you are really not in your ego and you're just like open these things seem to lose a lot of weight and importance and so if that is really hard for you this is some hard truth maybe you need to disconnect from your ego a little bit and practice like being connecting to your true self which is already in you it's already there i would say like the very gentle way to say disconnect from your ego, because I absolutely agree, is that there is hurt. And then if the hurt is healed, the ego isn't as prominent. It doesn't feel the need mm-hmm. to be like, I'm. it has to be this way. It has to be that way. And also with a lot of respect to anybody feeling attacked by this point, I I completely understand what it is like to be in a place where you are so hurt by something or so hurt by a belief that somebody holds that it has truly hurt you Mm -hmm. that you need distance or space or to not be around people who believe that i also just want to give respect and space for that because that might be a phase that you're in and Mm -hmm. you might need to put distance between you and somebody so that you can heal and that you can resolve those hurt feelings within yourself because unfortunately you're going to continue to encounter people with that belief and you might not have to continue the relationship with the person who holds the belief that hurts you right but ultimately that belief continuing to hurt you i have found in my experience that it can hurt less It hits not quite as hard 
when I am more whole within myself and I'm more secure within my own beliefs. I don't need them validated outside of me. So I have more space for other people to hold their beliefs. And also when I don't have as much identity or ego tied up in it, I'm actually a lot more likely to change to change my belief, to change my viewpoint, to see it from a different perspective and see where maybe I missed something before, which is crazy because it seems like it would be the opposite. But okay, cool. Number three that I have, so that would be what, like 10? Small thoughtful acts incorporate other person in your routine. So we have been focusing a little bit on greetings or at least I have. So when I say good morning to Eric or good night to Eric or we're leaving for a room, sometimes it's he's down here in the basement in the studio and I'm upstairs and it's easy for me to just walk out of the house without coming down or talking to him and it's easy for him to walk out of the house without checking in with me. And I think that we both have been making an effort to stop in and check in with the other person. And I think that is something that came more naturally to us when we were first married, that's just, it's like more naturally within our person. So it's not like something we necessarily had to learn, but it is something that needs to be revisited and noticed, especially as we've been married longer and it's easier to live separate lives. (laughs) It's easier to just go about our days. Yes. So number 11 kind of echoes one of yours. I have cheer for each other. It means no, I cry. We knew we weren't going to get through one of these. I thought I was. So recently I spoke somewhere and Eric was there and he was in the front row and he was taking a video of me speaking and somebody posted afterwards, they were sitting behind Eric and they posted a video of you watching me speak. And they said, you know, watching Eric watch Allison speak is is one of the best parts of Allison speaking. And I loved that so much because I joke that you, I wax on the podcast and you fall asleep and want me to be shorter or I'm talking to the back of your head. But ultimately, I know that you're cheering for me and it means a lot. And I like to cheer for you. I think that it can just be so undervalued how much it means to have somebody in your life, like your partner, say, that's a great idea. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's really cool. Eric tells me like the art I'm working on is it looks really good. And I'm like, wow, my art's really good. <laughs> like I feel I'm like, gosh, I'm such a good artist. <laughs> and it's just like, what? Like what? Like why does that mean so much to me? But it does. And so the next one I have systems need evaluating and updating. And so here's what I mean by systems is we have systems or routines like taking the kids to school. And for a long time, I woke up early, worked out, and took the kids to school. And Eric, you can go back and listen to the podcast because he would talk about his quiet mornings. And I would make fun of him because he loved his quiet mornings. I was like, I bet you do as I'm taking the kids to school. Guess what? Eric's been taking the kids to school for the last couple of years. How's your quiet mornings? They're so good. This (laughs) This morning, I know, this morning. You know what? My quiet mornings weren't great for like over a year or more because I felt so guilty and bad and like I was doing a terrible job. Now I was sick. I was in bed. Eric was doing a lot. But finally I just was like, Eric didn't sit around beating himself up when he had quiet mornings. Why am I beating the crap out of myself for the quiet mornings? And so systems routines, you're going to go through different phases of life. And even Eric and I, like with 
taking more responsibility with the kids or even financial more responsibility, those roles shift in our dynamic. And I think that's one thing that helps with longevity and just everybody feeling okay in the relationship is we both really like change and we both to come together and like reevaluate every so often. And so we've changed the way we do things. We've changed the way we do finances. We've changed the way we take care of kids. We've changed the way we clean the house or do dishes throughout the years, every six months or every season even. And I think sometimes just being aware, we start thinking this isn't working, this isn't working, but when something isn't coming together. But lots of times it's like the system or the routine we used to have is no longer serving us. And we're beating ourselves up for not making it work rather than coming up with a new routine or system that serves us better. And so I've, I just see that in our relationship as something that I'm more mindful of or even like we have some unsaid systems. Like you'd always take the trash out. Like you always take the trash out. And I always clean the refrigerator out. Like always. And so even just noticing, like, thanks for taking the trash out. Or you can be like, thanks for cleaning the refrigerator. I don't expect him to do it. He's never going to do it. He doesn't expect me to take the trash out. We never said one of us was going to do it. We just do it. But I think that there is value and merit in acknowledging it. And then if it stops working, then we can have a conversation about it. Mm -hmm. But I like cleaning out the fridge. Number 14 is you don't know your partner and that's a good thing. So here's what I like about this one is when you assume that you know your partner and you know everything they're going to do and everything they're going to say, you stop letting them have their own experience. You stop letting them be a dynamic, interesting person who changes and grows. So when you're like, oh, no, this is how it was. Or like even when you like talk over the other person or. Or even when you answer questions for them when they're not there. Oh, yeah, I know. She's not going to like to do this. We're not going to come. Yeah. Because we've had a few things lately where it's, he's I didn't think you'd want to do that. I'm like, I wish you would have talked to me. Yep. And so. I like this idea of we don't, you don't know your partner for a lot of reasons. It's like, and this is a good thing. This is a good thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's a good thing. Yeah. Maybe I don't know things about Eric that aren't good things. Like there, that's always a chance. And so I understand we think we want to know everything about the other person, but we're complex, beautiful, diverse people with experiences happening all day, every day. The first thing that I mentioned was everybody gets to change I think that believing that I don't know everything about you is both exciting and it gives a lot of permission to you where it's, I'm not trying to keep you in a box. I love you. I love the person you are. I love the way your brain works. I love the way you express your truths and your experiences and who you are is going to be something that is dynamic. And that's exciting to me because I don't want to be married to the same version of you Like this, who you are now is who you were 15 years ago, but also not at all. Very different. And same with me. Lots of times when I'm like cuddling cats and I want to spend time with like extended family, Eric's, I don't know who I married because that's so different (laughs) than how I used to be. (laughs) This goes along with, it's one of the four agreements, don't make assumptions because making assumptions closes off life. Yeah. And so when you're not making assumptions and you might look dumb, like asking a question and the person hasn't changed. Yeah. yeah I still don't like to do this thing. Yeah. But what does that hurt to ask questions and to not assume? What does that hurt? In fact, there's only an upside to not assuming and being open. Yeah. And like, 
I know that Eric loves Snickers. So like <laughs> I get him Snickers for every birthday and anniversary. Like I bought, you actually got 16 Snickers because I got you 15 and then one to grow on. One for the upcoming yeah, year. Yeah. So I got you 16 Snickers. I'm not saying I would never assume that you like Snickers. No, of course, there's certain things I know about you, but also just... Yeah, you get to change. You get to change your taste in music, to change your taste in clothes. You get to, like, all of those things get to change. I don't know you all of the way because how can you really know a person all mm-hmm. of the way? I was listening to this really cute book. It's an Audible original, so it goes straight to audio. And it's called Love at First Psych by Cara Bastone. If you want to listen to it, it's a really cute just very PG rom-com, PG-13. It's very cute listen. And in it, they're interviewing couples. The fictional characters are interviewing couples. And one of the couples talks about how they've been married for 60 years and it takes at least 20 years to get to know anyone. And then somebody explained, actually, if you're going to think of it as three returns of the sun, that would be three cycles, which is like 21 years, which is also like a cool astrological way to look at it. And I just, I loved that idea. I was like, Eric and I have been married for 15 years. There's still more to know. And then after 20 years, I'm going to get to know you in a certain way, but then you're going to be changing. I don't know. I think that just makes life a little bit more fun. It's way more fun. And number 14 that I have is similar to yours I put go places together just go places go to run errands go to the grocery store I was going to Palm Springs to speak I didn't have to have Eric come it was definitely a lot nicer and easier if he came but it's hard because then we have to get childcare and all the things but ultimately we just decided to go together and it was so good to have that time together it was fun it was really fun good memory now okay so now we've each given seven seven observations. So we're at 14. What do we want to have be our 15th final observation of 15 years of marriage? How about if we could talk to ourselves 15 years ago? Oh. What would we tell ourselves? What's the one thing? You made a really good choice. That would be what I would say to myself. I just would be like, good job. Like, good job. That's beautiful. I know that's not like an observation. No, that's a statement, but that's a... (laughs) Maybe you have something more poignant. Yeah. I I would probably tell myself not form or curate what I think life is supposed to be. Let it just play. And I think that's so beautiful. I think that applies to life and relationships. Like, just be surprised by being surprised. Like, just enjoy it. Or don't be surprised by being surprised. Yeah. Life is going to go in so many crazy directions. And holding on to what you think it should be isn't going to serve you. So just be open. And I love that because so much of life, we can live life very much from a point of view of what are my circumstances? I want to make all of the circumstances be what I want. And circumstances like I want my kids to be this way, or I want kids, or I don't want kids, or I want my partner to look like this, or I want my home to look like this, I want my career to look like this. Those are all like external experiences and circumstances. But all of those things can be absolutely picture perfect as planned 
and your emotional, mental, and spiritual experience of the circumstances might be completely miserable. And so you start to realize in life, as time goes by, as seasons pass, as you're able to see more patterns and cycles, that the true happiness, true resilience, true peace comes from having that really beautiful inner world that exists apart from the circumstances of your life. Mm. And that creates true freedom. And also just like resilience, it makes you more excited because you're like, I don't know what's going to happen, but we're probably going to be able to get through it. And that is... I don't know. It's just so much more empowering. It's been a really good 15 years. It's been great. It's been a wild ride. That's what she said. Can't wait for 15 times 15 more. 15 times 15 more. I love you. Speaking of cheering on, you've got an event coming up. (gasps) Yeah. Let's talk about me. I'm excited for it. Thank you. Actually, so I was in Palm Springs last minute trip to speak at Alt Summit Conference and my friend Gabby, who runs Alt, said, hey, we have a 15-minute speaking spot. Do you want to do it? And I was like, sure, let's do it. Let's see what happens. And it was so fun. And that's- You did, so, it, it was amazing. Yeah, it was fun, but literally everyone was crying, clapping, laughing. S- someone was snorting behind me multiple times because <laughs> they were laughing so hard. Yeah, it was, it was so a, funny. It was a good. It was good. It was good. So and- you got the idea. You're like, I'm going to do this again. I want to do more. So she's yeah. throwing- A dramatic discourse. A dramatic discourse. So it's going to be in Provo on March 27th at Velour. Tickets are $15. The intention is community. The intention is come, sit. I'm going to talk. I'm going to share. Tell some jokes. Talk some philosophy. Tell you how to make peace with yourself. Creating that strong inner world. It's called Shift Happens. Protecting your peace in an ever-changing life. I just, good. I wasn't sure how I was going to articulate it. And I just got some practice in right there. So it's going to be really fun. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. I don't, there's not going to be an online version of it this time. But I do have a videographer coming. So we'll see what happens. But I would really love you to come in person, bring a friend, bring a neighbor, tell somebody you know about it. It would mean so much to me. So thank you. So Eric's got the new podcast. I'm going to share Shift Happens, a dramatic discourse at a venue where Eric has played a lot of music. Yeah. When it was time to think of where I wanted to do it, I was like, I don't want to do the thing where I think I have to go so overboard. I just wanted to have people come together. And so Valora was a perfect option because it's such a vibe. Oh, it's such a vibe. It's, it's such so a vibe. cozy. It's so yeah. cool. So yeah, if you're in Utah County, Salt Lake County, come. I'll be there. Let's hang out. It's going to be so It'll fun. be so fun. Yeah. Thank you, babe. Hey, we love you guys so much. We know that there are so many podcasts. There are so many books. There's so much to listen to. And so when I'm out and about and I get to meet you guys and I get to talk to you about the podcast, which happens so often, I'm blown away. I'm just blown away. I'm so grateful that you're here. And we love doing this podcast. We are so grateful for you. Be sure to check out Eric's new podcast. And also, I've been loving, now that my book has been out for about six months, my book called You're Already Awesome, I've been hearing a lot of feedback. And I've been hearing about people who are reading it and implementing it and the changes they've been able to make and the peace they've been able to fund and the the fun that they've been able to have. And so if you don't have my book, I think you should get it. Especially if you listen to the podcast, 
listening to it on Audible and we have a link. I think that it would work if you don't have an Audible subscription, you get like your first one free. Maybe my book could be the one they get free. So we'll put the link to our Audible like free trial thing. I would highly recommend it on Audible because Eric's music is there. There's a meditation and it's just a really easy, good time. The intention isn't to change you. The intention isn't to try to make you better. You're already awesome. And the intention is just to have you feel it. Right? So just listening to it or reading it is going to do that. It's not like hard work. We're just going to chat and have a good time. So thank you guys so much. We love you. We love you. We love you. Do you want to read a review? We don't have any new ones because we haven't podcasted in six weeks, so we don't blame anyone. But leave a review. Well, if you we like love this episode. when you leave a review. Yeah. We're not sad, but if you like this podcast, share it, send it to a friend, and leave a review. Oh my gosh, I love that for us. Hey, thank you guys so much. You're doing a great job. All right, we're going to let you go. That's what Eric always says when we're on the phone with somebody. When he wants to get off the phone, he goes, I'm going to let you go. No, he says, I'm going to let you let me go. What do you say to your mom? I don't even know. You do. You go, I'm going to let you go. And it's like, you're trying to get off the phone with me. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, only you can be you. And you're already as awesome as you need to be. Do you have a song for us? I do. I'm working on a new album. And this is probably not the final version. So here's like a demo. Ooh. But I put some Eckhart Tolle voice Ooh, over the I top of it. Ooh, I love this. This is good. And I can't release this with his voice on it without can, permission. Can but, you put it on the podcast? Oh, yeah, for sure. While he's going to. Yeah. This is called Be Grateful for What Is. for whatever your experience of this moment is. And if you cannot be grateful, at least allow it to be, because it already is. is, is, is.